Tossed away. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Good morning, Orlando. It certainly is today. (laughs) It is for the Bud Man. I'll tell you what. Wearing my Brady jersey here. If you're catching us on Facebook Live right now, you can see uh, or turn away, depending on where your loyalties <laughs> lie. But at any rate, we greet you on a Monday morning, a bit short on sleep, but overjoyed by the Super Bowl and a lot more to talk about here. As we bring you Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA, I'm Bud Hedinger alongside the Debmeister. Deb? And our top stories this morning, apart from the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, and you got to give props to the Pats. That was an amazing game. More legal action is coming on the travel ban today, and a customer kills a suspected thief. We'll have those details in one minute. Yep, there is more to talk about as my Patriots and Tom Brady elevate Super to a whole new level. We'll talk about this big court fight over the president's restrictions on travel from some of these heavily Muslim nations. It's all ahead and far more here on a Monday morning of Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 1025. A federal appeals court is denying the Trump administration's request to immediately reinstate the president's travel ban. President Trump's executive order temporarily bans some travel for foreign nationals from seven Muslim-majority nations. The order was halted by a judge in Washington state and appeal by the Department of Justice. Lawyers are now facing deadlines today to file more legal paperwork with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals regarding the controversial ban. I'll tell you in a moment where I think this is all going, and we'll be taking your calls as well, Deb. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, Bud, nearly 100 tech firms, including the giants of the industry, are joining the legal fight against President Trump's travel ban. Ninety-seven tech companies, including Apple, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft, filed a joint court brief last night opposing the new rules. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals is considering the Trump administration's appeal of a federal judge's temporary stay of the order, banning people from seven Muslim-majority countries from entering the U.S. Protesters throughout South Florida are vowing to protest the president each and every time he visits his Palm Beach estate at Mar-a-Lago, unofficially dubbed the Winter White House. That was the sentiment of thousands who marched on downtown West Palm Beach Saturday in opposition to Donald Trump's first visit to Palm Beach County as president. Another march against the president also happened Saturday in downtown Miami. And it turns out that even Casey Anthony isn't a Donald Trump supporter. Well, she showed up at one of these protests? Anthony was among the protesters at the downtown West Palm Beach demonstration Saturday. She was the center of a media firestorm in 2011 after being acquitted by an Orlando jury of murdering her two-year-old daughter in 2008. Anthony now lives in South Florida. Hmm. A confirmation vote is expected today for Betsy DeVos, President Trump's pick to head up the Department of Education and part owner of the Orlando Magic. The Senate voted along party lines Friday to cut off debate on the nomination and send it on to what could be an historically close confirmation. Two Republican senators, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, plan to vote against DeVos. Now, that would leave the school choice advocate with 50 votes in her favor and 50 votes against. It would then be up to Vice President Mike Pence to break the tie 
and see to it that DeVos becomes the nation's next education secretary. Pence said yesterday, never in the history of this country has a vice president been called upon to cast the deciding vote for a cabinet nominee. Not one time. Wow. History being made almost each and every day. In local news, diapers are behind the death of a teenager. The 19-year-old was shot to death Saturday morning in Orlando after he was shot by a customer in a Walmart parking lot in Pine Hills. Orange County deputies say Arthur Adams stole some diapers and baby items from the store and was confronted in the parking lot by an employee and a customer. The customer told deputies he opened fire because he felt threatened when he saw Adams reach for something. And finally... The New England Patriots are Super Bowl champions again. Can we can we pump it up a little on the all read right, here, all please? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Quarterback Tom Brady and his team made a record-breaking comeback to defeat the Atlanta Falcons in overtime last night, the very first Super Bowl to ever end in overtime. They were trailing by almost 20 points when the fourth quarter started, but came back to win it 34-28. to Brady, of course, was named Super Bowl 51's most valuable player. This is his fifth Super Bowl win and fourth MVP title. Sadly, Brady later told reporters his game jersey was stolen from the team locker room, but good news for Tom Brady, it is currently sitting on Bud Hedinger. No, I didn't steal his jersey. It but says I'm, Brady on the back. Well, now, I know it. It's an official NFL Brady jersey, but but I'm willing. He's the only one I would give it up for here. I'm going to get a hold of the Patriots here. He can have my jersey. My good. But you're, it sounded like you were about to implicate the Bud man in the theft of Brady's no, jersey. Oh, I would Yaffe, never do Yaffe, come that. to my rescue here. Come to my defense. <laughs> I can't believe you would steal his jersey, Bud. Why would you do such a thing? <laughs> I love you, Mike Yaffe. Oh, man, really, oh, man. Bud. This, but, is, you what, know, this is what you call the, a tough room here, gang. Kudos <laughs> to the Bud man. His team wins in overtime. He makes it to Houston, steals the quarterback's jersey, <laughs> makes it back to Orlando. He's on the air at 6 yeah, o'clock. Don't tell you me the Bud man's lost a step, man. <laughs> Quick. Oh, 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 okay, so now you'll play along, huh? No, but congratulations. Yeah. We're going to have news throughout the morning about the Patriots because NASA astronauts celebrated with the longest football pass in history. Did they do that? Yes, they did. That's very cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that again this morning and when the parade is going to be going on in downtown Boston. Oh, yeah. So congratulations, Bud Man. It was exciting for me and for a lot of Patriot fans and for football fans, pro football fans, Win or lose, this elevates the game to a whole new level, and it redefines the greatness and the, if you will, superness of a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just phenomenal what happened last night, and uh, and people are going to be talking about it now. The season is over, and the dust will never settle. the 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 NFL will be making news off this Super Bowl the rest of the off season. I'm telling you, it was really something. I'm done. I was going to say the Bucks fan in the control room and the Packers fan sitting next to you are like, yeah, all right, well, whatever. Oh, it's good for the game. I've got the big picture thing going here. Big yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> We're <just> Finally done. <laughs> We've only just begun. Guys are killing me, and now we're like halfway uh, into a break that should All be right. almost over. All right. WFLA News Time 608. Hey, read about Bill Gates being so rich. He may become the world's first trillionaire. Whoa. Yeah, online now at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando and Bud Hedinger's Super Bowl winning Patriots (laughs) starts now. News.
weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And I know I can hear some of you, and justifiably so, I don't tune in to hear sports talk. If I wanted sports talk, I'd listen to your sister station. I want to talk politics and Trump. Well, let's do it. Coming right up, we'll have plenty of time to talk Super Bowl. And the very pleasant surprise I found that was Lady Gaga's halftime show. And that Bush 41 coin toss at the beginning, I'm telling you, I watched it through my tears. It was really something. So many great things to talk about. But we got real serious heavy-duty news out of Washington in this big court fight over Trump's uh, immigration executive order. we got to dive right in on that, and I want to talk with you about it, and I want to take your calls. I'll tell you exactly where I am on this and where I think it is headed. We'll have this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFL. For the record, I believe ultimately this will work its way through the court system. I hope that it's more quickly than it than it might otherwise be, uh, or than it generally is. I mean, we need there's some urgency here. I think that the president is within his constitutional rights when it comes to issuing orders in the interest of protecting the people he is sworn by oath to defend the American people. I believe this will ultimately, these court rulings, be overturned. It may have to go all the way to the Supreme Court to get that done. Of course, we'll stay on the story. First, we had Judge James Robart, um, who suspended the president's restrictions on refugees and travel. And then we had a panel of judges from the liberal Ninth Circuit out in California denying the White House's emergency appeal to reinstate the ban. And early in the weekend, the president went apoplectic on Twitter, saying, among other things, just cannot believe a judge would put our country in such peril. Um, I've got others here. Let me get the other ones. Yeah. Um, other tweets from the president here. I have instructed Homeland Security to check people coming into our country very carefully. The courts are making this job very difficult. If something happens, blame the judge in the court system. People pouring in bad, called Robart a so-called judge. He attacked him on a number of tweets. Robart, I should point out, though, has been a pretty much of a mainland kind of Republican type judge appointed by George W. Bush, Bush 43, in 2004, and I should say confirmed unanimously to the federal court by the Senate 99 to nothing, okay? He's not been a very controversial guy. One thing on Black Lives Matter is about all I have found that that got my attention. But at any rate, um, over the weekend, Vice President Mike Pence made the rounds on the Sunday talk shows and defended President Trump's executive order on immigration. That has been shot down now by two judges so far, saying the or, or one judge and a panel of judges saying the executive order will ultimately, as I just told you, be upheld. And here's why. There's simply no question under the Constitution and frankly, under federal law, that the president of the United States has the authority in the interest of national security to determine who has the right to come into this country. Uh, and, and we're going to challenge the judge's order on that basis. Absolutely right. What the Justice Department lawyers under the Trump administration say is an unreviewable authority to keep any class of non-citizen out of this country. And I think that's ultimately, if there is any justice in the justice system, how this will be resolved in Donald Trump's favor. Do you agree with me on that? 
And are you as incensed as I am by the out-of-control judiciary and by the media clearly reveling in these court rulings? The bottom line is we're trying to keep the American people safe. That's the preeminent duty of any president of the United States. And these rulings are flying in the face of a president trying to do something good for this country. Does that get your hackles up on a Monday morning? It sure gets mine up. 407-916-5400. Do you see it my way or not? 407-916-5400. Toll free. Well, let me let me give you the text line. 23680. Okay, I want to talk with you about this. We got a lot more to do, too. We also got the O'Reilly-Trump interview during the Super Bowl and a big furor in the media about what Trump said about Putin. I'll tell you exactly where he's headed there. And, uh, and, and believe me, uh, I think he's on the right um, on the right course. You know, we bring you the news, and we are a place to talk about it. Yaffe, you and I have been at this game together for quite a long time. We understand this audience and what lights them up. And normally, our phone lines and our text line would be on fire over the judges um, uh, slapping uh, a stays on 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 President uh, Trump's executive order on immigration. Okay. And uh, it's a big, big story. I know people were up later than there used to be and up watching that incredible comeback in the Super Bowl. And we got crickets on the phone line and the text line this morning. But I know you've been thinking about it last night um, or all through the weekend as, as we watched it all unfold, this fight between Trump and the courts. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's still sick to their stomachs after seeing the Patriots win. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I was kind of rooting for them to come back because you know I, I wanted a game. I, I don't have a drop button for you. Normally, I get a well. call. Now you're off topic, you know. <laughs> Give me some focus here. <laughs> Click. <laughs> it doesn't work with you. <laughs> so, so on this whole, on the judge blocking the travel ban, everything I've read says that under federal law, Trump has the ability to limit visas based on national security. I haven't seen anything that really contradicts that, which tells me that what this judge is doing is purely political. And then you've got the panel of judges in the liberal Ninth Circuit who want to stick it to Trump. You can tell that yeah. that's what's that's how they would see they would see this thing. You know, the problem with it is you don't know how long it's going to take to get through the court system and get this thing resolved. Right. The White House has said what they need to say and which needs to happen, that they will obey the court orders. You know, I mean, we, we, we can't have that. Um, but, but, you know, here's the thing. The president's not supposed to criticize judges. Everybody criticizes the president, and that's fine. You know, he, he can't criti- – I mean, he's getting vilified for having the nerve to criticize the judiciary. He is. O- He's Obama, getting worked over. Obama did it during the State of the Union. <laughs> I mean, oh, that was right. That that that's I mean, right. And it led Alito down there to say wrong or no way or whatever it was. Yeah, he was. He shook his head during it, and then they stopped yeah. going. They, some of them stopped going because they thought it was too political. You're absolutely so, right. So I mean, Trump's not the first one to do this. It's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh huh. Well, I'll tell you. Um. Also, yesterday that. When the when a network runs the Super Bowl, all right, and they alternate over a three year period, I guess it's uh, CBS, NBC, and um, and Fox. Uh, one of their anchors gets to interview whoever happens to be the president of the United States. So Fox is doing it. Bill O'Reilly gets the interview, and he interviews President Trump. Some of it's going to um, be aired on the O'Reilly Factor tonight, but a ten minute portion I was watching because I was watching this stuff wall-to-wall yesterday, everything that was going on, Super Bowl-related, Trump-related with the courts, et cetera. And uh, very interesting. And, the, and the, 
the the highlight of the 10 minutes with O'Reilly that they aired at about 4 o'clock yesterday in the middle of their Super Bowl coverage was um, what has the media just on fire and a lot of protesters as well, all these organized lefties who are going to protest anything this president does. I mean, this is an organized thing. There's no question about it here and overseas. These are not spontaneous protesters. We'll talk more about that along the way. But it was what Trump had to say about Putin. And um, I'm going to tell you why he said what he said and what his strategy is in my not-so-humble opinion. We'll get to that. And uh, stay with me here. It's the Bud Man and the Deb Meister and Yaffe here. And good morning, Orlando. Post-Super Bowl from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA, News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540. And, of course, nationwide as well on iHeartRadio. Right now, let's turn it over to Deborah Roberts to get up to date on the news here at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour on a Monday morning. Deb? Thank you, Bud. The White House is expressing optimism over its case for restoring President Donald Trump's ban on refugees and travelers from seven predominantly Muslim countries. Both sides are under a deadline today to fire arguments before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Justice Department response claims national security. The plaintiffs claim restoring the ban will result in chaos. This new brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump says he respects Vladimir Putin, but adds that doesn't necessarily mean he and the Russian president will get along. I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight and Islamic terrorism all over the world, major fight, that's a good thing. In an interview with Fox News's Bill O'Reilly, Trump acknowledged that Putin has had enemies killed. He says, quote, there are a lot of killers, end quote. He went on to note that America has killed people, too, saying, quote, what do you think? Our country so innocent? Trump also uh, spoke about his temporary travel ban, his relationship with with Mexico and his beliefs about voter fraud. Meanwhile, Fox News TV host Bill O'Reilly is under fire from Moscow today over his comment in an interview with President Trump that Russian President Vladimir Putin is a, quote, killer. Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, lashed out at Fox, calling O'Reilly's remarks unacceptable and offensive and is asking for an apology. The number of suspects is growing in Turkey after a major anti-Islamic state group sweep in major provinces. The city of Estem and the capital Ankara were included in the operation, which officials say resulted in the detention of nearly 750 people. Officials said yesterday the count was 440. St. Peterbur- Petersburg's mayor is voicing support for the sanctuary city title. Mayor Rick Kreisman said in a statement Friday that he has no hesitation in declaring St. Petersburg a sanctuary from harmful federal immigration laws and that he will not expend resources to help enforce such laws. But the statement came under fire from Pinellas Sheriff Bob Gualtieri, who affirmed over the weekend his intention to comply with any federal orders to detain undocumented immigrants. And Queen Elizabeth II has become the first British monarch to reach the milestone of 65 years on the throne. Today's Sapphire Jubilee is being marked with cannon salutes in London's Green Park and at the Tower of London. Buckingham Palace also released a photo of the Queen by David Bailey to mark the occasion. In the picture, 
picture taken in 2014. The monarch wears a suite of sapphire jewelry given to her by her father in 1947. Finally, in sports, it was the comeback to beat all comebacks. The New England Patriots rallied from a 28-3 deficit to beat the Falcons 34-28 in overtime in Super Bowl 51. We're all a little tired. WFLA News Time 636. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Oh, I'm short on sleep, Deb, but I'm not tired. I'm a Patriot fan running on adrenaline. Right now, let's move on because at this hour here in Good Morning Orlando, you can count on an update on all the business news from our good friends at the Bloomberg Business Network in New York City. In Virginia this morning again, Adrian Mitchell. And good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. After gains in Asia and mixed trading in Europe, U.S. stocks looked edge but lower. The opening bell, S&P futures down, but less than a point. Dow futures down five points. The earnings parade continuing today with 21st Century Fox, Tyson Foods, Hasbro, Tesoro, and Cisco, the food services one, not the tech one. Coming up later this week, Twitter, Coca-Cola, Laxo, Smith, Klein, and Sanofi. And one of the high-end retailers in the jewelry business for the most part, Tiffany, is making news this morning. They've been rocked. What's going on? Yeah, you know, just as Tiffany was getting ready to launch a new campaign with its first-ever Super Bowl ad, it has lost its CEO, or actually booted its CEO. Tiffany and company suddenly replaced Frederick Cumanel after it turned in disappointing financial results. He'd been Tiffany's chief since 2015, and it's just the latest shakeup there. Tiffany's top designer left three weeks ago after the high-end jeweler turned in weak sales over the holidays. And it's interesting, there's a move around the country now to turn the day after the Super Bowl into a national holiday because so many people stay up so late that they're not productive when they hit the workplace. I guess one massive company has already decided to go that route for a lot of their employees, and it is happening yeah. today. Yeah, you know, you might be wishing that you worked for Kraft Heinz today. All of the employees, salaried U.S. employees for Kraft Heinz, have today off, and it's hoping the move will have generated even more publicity for the company than a pricey TV commercial during the game, and it has started a petition to make Congress declare the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. The, the name uh, maybe needs a little work, though. Kraft Heinz is calling this holiday Monday. I don't know that that's a Kraft Heinz original. I think I've been hearing people yeah. calling this as they as they look for this to be a national holiday, okay. and I've mixed emotions about that, and it's like Super Monday, yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah, it is a little Super lame. Monday might be better, but I don't know. It's a little <laughs> lame. I'll tell you what's not lame. When I was a kid, I lived off marshmallow fluff. There was nothing better than putting that on a piece of Wonder Bread with peanut mm-hmm. butter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure whenever I die, I would have lived longer if I didn't <laughs> keep doing that as a kid. But what do you have, a story? We've never had marshmallow fluff on a Bloomberg report. What's going on? And I got a treat for you, too. You're glad you have enough for another fluffernutter. Oh, yeah, fluffernutters. Yeah, you remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, fluff's been around for 100 years this year. And the AP tells us every year now we eat between 5 and 7 million pounds of the stuff. A lot of sticky <laughs> stuff. It makes good fudge, too, by the way. Um, the original really? Recipe, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, the recipe's right on the back of the jar. 
Try it How sometime. All right. Anyway, the original recipe was created in 1917 in Somerville, Massachusetts, and the inventor sold the recipe for 500 bucks to H. Allen Durkee and Fred Mower, and the Durkee Mower Company has made it ever since. Marshmallow fluff, the only product the company makes. You know, my mom used to really encourage me to eat that with peanut butter because it would keep my mouth shut. I couldn't talk for like five <laughs> minutes every time I took a bite out of that. I mean, it was she, no way. She hide the milk? Just give you the <laughs> yeah, No washing it down, buddy. Sit there and enjoy. And oh, so quiet in the house. You know, I confess, I still have a jar of that in the cupboard, always. See, really? It's great, great stuff. It's, yep. a, it's just terrific. Always great having you on with us. Adrian Mitchell with the Bloomberg Business Report. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Coming up here, um, and, and Deb kind of gave you a taste of it, we got a big media furor going on right now, and even the Kremlin is up in arms. O'Reilly's interview of President Trump during the Super Bowl pregame yesterday and the comments about Vladimir Putin. Uh, I'm going to explain where the president's coming from here, and I'm going to give you a remarkable and enormous precedent that I think justifies him being open to a relationship with Putin. And I want to know what you think, okay? So we'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Don't steal the diapers. You're alive today. Needless. Senseless. Let's talk about this furor that is being kicked up off the uh, Bill O'Reilly Super Bowl interview with uh, President Trump yesterday, okay, particularly focusing on, um, on an exchange over Russian leader Vladimir Putin. Let's listen to this. Do you respect Putin? I do respect him. Do you? Why? Well, I respect a lot of people, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get along with him. He's a leader of his country. Uh, I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight, and Islamic terrorism all over the world, major fight, that's a good thing. Will I get along with him? I have no idea. He's a killer, though. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. You get a lot of killers. Why well, you think our country's so innocent? Anyone on to say in the conclusion of that sound cut that, you know, uh, we got into some things here where a lot of people got killed. I think without being direct about it, the president was talking about the Iraq war, uh, which he opposed from the beginning. Now, let me tell you, I don't have the problem the left seems to have and the left-leaning media seems to have, and all of these organized protesters seem to have, over Trump being open to the idea of working with Putin where it is possible to do so. And the fact that he respects him. He respects him on the basis of the fact that he is leading an enormous and enormously important country. But he didn't promise that he's just going to, you know, do Putin's bidding, or that he's going to get along with him. He never promised that at all. And let me give you the precedent here. What he is doing is trying not to do what the Obama regime did in their clumsy handling of the relationship with Russia and Putin. And that is to slam the door shut. And just say, enemy, having nothing to do with him, don't want to deal with him at all. Okay? He's part enemy, Putin and Russia. They always have been. But they're not all enemy necessarily. And there are some things like going after ISIS where we have mutual interests. And the two countries working together to defeat 
the scourge of ISIS and radical Islam would be an enormous force for the good of innocent people around the globe. But, man, how can you talk about this? Putin is a commie killer. Sure, I get that. But he's a piker in that regard, next to former Soviet leader, the late Joseph Stalin. During World War II, President Franklin Roosevelt was not vilified like President Donald Trump is being vilified. Listen to me on this. Not vilified like Trump is being vilified when he called Stalin Uncle Joe. Why did he call him Uncle Joe? Because he wanted him on board so that they could both fight Nazi Germany and destroy Hitler's Third Reich. Politics makes strange bedfellows, Shakespeare once said, and that is true of international politics as well. Give Trump a chance on this Putin thing, for God's sakes. Do you understand what I'm saying? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Callers on um, the O'Reilly interview with President Trump and the comments about Vladimir Putin and my comments on the comments about Putin. Uh, I'm going to try to get to you along the way here, but i got to do a few things Super Bowl-related, okay? I'm a huge Patriots fan. The ball game was phenomenal. There is no one alive right now who will ever live to see anything more incredible than what happened in that Super Bowl last night. It cannot be exceeded when you put all the pieces together. But I have to tell you, it was a really remarkable halftime show as well. I'm no great fan of Lady Gaga. She was threatening to trash Trump. She never really did. Some are suggesting her song selections may have had some subtle messages, but I'm telling you, that was way too obscure for me. What a patriotic open it was. What a stunner from the top of the dome. It was closed for the game, but opened up for her just a sliver. A sea of drones hovering in the background, creating a field of stars, morphing into the American flag as Lady Gaga sang this. God bless America, land that I love. And then she morphed into This Land is Your Land, followed by familiar words from the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then the shocker, I'm telling you, what a gut check this was. I couldn't have done this no matter how much you'd paid me and no matter how many cables you strapped to me. But then with cables strapped to her waist, Lady Gaga took the plunge, literally leaping through the opening in the dome's roof and soft landing on her stage below. Wow. That was really something, and I don't care for her music that went on from there, but that girl knows how to put on a show, and when she puts her mind to it, she can sing just beautifully. Then the most beautiful moment for this Patriot fan was when Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, had to hand the Super Bowl trophy to Patriots owner Robert Kraft after suspending Tom Brady as quarterback for the first four games this season over this deflategate thing. I mean, you know, and this was all about revenge on the part of the Patriots and Tom Brady and owner Robert Kraft. And the fans let Goodell have it. He is speaking to Robert Kraft here 
Trust me, behind the booze, you just cannot hear it. That was beautiful. What sweet revenge that was. And then Patriots quarterback Tom Brady cementing his legacy as clearly and undeniable and indisputably the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League with that 25-point comeback, winning it in overtime, his fifth Super Bowl, clutching the hard-won Lombardi trophy and saying this. Thank you to all our fans, everyone back in Boston, New England, we love you. You've been with us all year. We're bringing this sucker home. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And you know what was really awesome as well, Yaffe? Um, Tom Brady's mom has been battling some kind of an illness, and she has not been to a single game of his this year. And Dad has been tending to Mom and has only been to one. And they have been his biggest boosters since he was a child uh, a ch- child star playing football. And they were right there, along with, with the whole Brady family. And it was really some celebration. But you were like a kid who catches a foul ball this morning. Like that, oh, that, yeah. that is just your excitement is just it's it's, it's palpable. I know, and it's probably <laughs> obnoxious to those of you who don't care about the uh, the Patriots. But there were so many sweet moments, and I really do believe there's nobody alive watching football who will ever see anything as incredible as that last night. When you put yeah. it all together, the Deflate Gate thing, the revenge. You take you know the debate about whether whether or not this is the greatest quarterback ever, and then when the greatest comeback ever in a Super Bowl is ten points over fifty years. No team has come back from 10 down or more, more than 10 down, come back from 25 down midway through the third quarter. What about it, Anthony? That one for the ages and then some, right? Yes. Um, I'm a Denver fan, so I should dislike the Patriots more than anybody. But um, I, I recognize greatness, and we're living through it. Um, this is going to be talked about like Joe Montana and all the greats. Um, yeah, but he's now exceeded Joe Montana. He is on an entirely different level He's undeniably now and indisputably the greatest quarterback ever. And I think Belichick has cemented his legacy as the greatest NFL football coach ever. They were getting run out of that stadium. The Falcons looked faster, sharper. I have no idea how they turned the thing around. It was absolutely stunning to watch. I agree. Yep, it really was. Greatest ever. Yep, more legal action is coming on President Trump's immigration executive order we've been talking about. And a state appeals court rejects a lawsuit over guns. Here I sit with my Brady jersey on, and my Packer fan partner, Deborah Roberts, can barely cast her eyes upon the Budman. But she's a pro. She'll be here in a moment. To bring us the news from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide and iHeartRadio. How about those Patriots? And how about... This wonderful morning, a little foggy here and there, but it's great to have you with us at 7 o'clock. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. And was it ever. And we greet you post-Super Super Bowl. And it's good morning, Orlando, on a Monday here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, more legal action is coming on the travel ban and a state appeals court 
rejects a lawsuit over guns. We'll have details in one minute. Your call's coming up on Trump and Putin and on the court fight over Trump's executive order on immigration. It's all ahead here in Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning at 7.04 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump's controversial travel ban remains suspended for the time being. A federal appeals court has denied a request to immediately reinstate the ban on travel by people from seven Muslim-majority countries. A lower court judge in Seattle had earlier blocked implementation of the federal order, and the decision was held upheld early yesterday by the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The government now has until later today to file legal paperwork before a final decision is made. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A state appeals court rejects a lawsuit by pro-gun groups against the Tallahassee City Commission. Florida Carey and the Second Amendment Foundation sued because commissioners refused to revoke a 1957 ordinance that says you can't shoot a gun in city parks. They claim it's a violation of state law preempting any local regulations, but Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum says that's not right. When the state overreaches and takes away our ability to make decisions that we believe are in the best interest of the people who elect us, that's bad for democracy and that's bad for local home rule. Gillum was also hoping the court would also strike down a state law that says local officials can be punished if they approve any gun regs. The court didn't deal with that, but they dismissed the lawsuit from the gun groups because that old ordinance hasn't been enforced in years. Meanwhile, State Senator Greg Stubbe of Sarasota wants a law that would let people with concealed carry permits to sue private businesses who designate themselves as gun-free zones if the weapons ban prevents them from defending themselves in an active shooter situation. Stubbe, an Iraq War veteran, says citizens who carry are not the problem. We have had concealed carry in the state of Florida for 28 years, and in those 28 years, Concealed license permit holders are 10 times less likely to commit a crime than a certified law enforcement officer. So if you're okay with a cop carrying a gun, then you should be 10 times more okay with a license permit holder carrying a concealed firearm. About 1.7 million Florida residents have concealed carry permits. That's the most of any state in the country. An American Legion post in Crestview in the Florida Panhandle is hosting a gun giveaway. Post 75 is raffling firearms as part of a 30 Guns in 30 Days event from March 2nd through the 31st. With the purchase of a $30 ticket, winners can win handguns or rifles. And finally, Qatar Airways has launched the world's longest scheduled commercial airline route, Doha to Auckland, New Zealand. The Gulf carrier says the flight touched down in Auckland early today after covering a distance of 9,032 miles and lasting 17 hours and 30 minutes. Man, oh man. I hope you got more than two bags of peanuts. Uh, the, <laughs> the only good news what? I have with that is that the outbound journey is scheduled to take just 16 hours and 20 minutes because of headwinds. Oh, really? What yeah. a difference, huh? Have you ever been on a fl- I mean, I've I've never flown where it's been 17 hours. No, nothing that long, Not but even even a third that long is tough on you. And and you know, you got to be careful from a health standpoint if you don't get up and walk around, move around, you get a blood clot. Oh yeah, the deep they vein can, thrombosis is a big They can take problem. you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, the longest I've flown has been eight and a half hours. If you don't count the time I was deported from Brazil, 
Oh, really? Yes. I think we have a story there, Yeah, You'll have to get into that. Oh, it took me weeks after that experience for my body to not feel like it was still on an airliner. Wow, yeah. Kind of like sea legs, but um, yes. airliner legs or yep. whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your flight. Glad I'm not with you. WFLA <laughs> Newstime 707. Watch as SNL and Melissa McCarthy spoof White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer. She looks pretty much like him. It was kind of scary. Really? Yeah, complete with the poorly fitting suit and everything. That's a little creepy. At 1025WFLA.com, the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I was hoping we'd be coming to you from the uh, Patriots winning locker room, but it is not so. We are, however, coming to you from the front gate realty studio. So visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. You'll be glad you did. We're here on WFLA, News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide and iHeartRadio. And I'll tell you what, as I said in the first hour, there is no one watching football who is alive today, even if four years old, watching with dad, who will ever see anything that compares to what happened last night on the first overtime Super Bowl ever and the 25-point comeback put in Deflategate, the record-breaking fifth Super Bowl for um, for Brady, Belichick. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable what happened last night, and it was just so exciting to watch it. And I think it you'd have to say that it was whether or not you root for the Patriots, as I do fanatically and have for years. So let's dive in. I've got some callers still held over from the last hour. And Scott and Matt, um, I appreciate your patience, and I will reward that and put you on here in a moment uh, because these controversial um, comments by President Trump, at least in the eyes of the media, in his interview with Bill O'Reilly about Vladimir Putin, I explained where I think Trump is coming from, and you got to give this guy a chance. And, I, and, and I, I'm, I'm okay with where he is on Putin, okay? We're also going to get into the court fight over this Executive order on immigration. Ultimately, I think this will go in Trump's favor for reasons I explained earlier and will be happy to explain if you've just joined us. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Do you respect Putin? I do respect him. Do you? But Why? Well, I respect a lot of people, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get along with him. He's a leader of his country. Uh, I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight, and Islamic terrorism all over the world, right. major fight, that's a good thing. Will I get along with him? I have no idea. It's He's a killer, I won't. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. You get a lot of killers. Why, well, you think our country's so innocent? On He went on, uh, President Trump did to say very briefly, this is a Super Bowl interview with O'Reilly, more on the O'Reilly factor tonight of that interview. Um, that, you know, we got into some things here, and I think he was referencing the Iraq War, where an awful lot of people were killed, you know. So, at any rate, we don't want to get into that debate. However, however, the precedent, as I said in the last hour, for getting along with the likes of Putin um, is profound. It's World War II. It's FDR calling Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, you know, who killed tens of millions. I mean, he dwarfs Putin in that regard. Called him Uncle Joe. We needed him as an ally to destroy Hitler. Okay? We come in from the West. Soviets come in from the East. It had to be done. Okay? And that's the precedent here. I have no problem with what I'm hearing from Trump on this, but Trump derangement syndrome, 
the media, the left, apoplectic. Scott Sinopopka, thank you for your patience on this. Do you understand where I'm coming from on Trump and Putin? Yeah, I mean, um, we need to be friends with Russia because they are one of the superpowers. O'Reilly forgets who... I don't know about friends. I think we need to be selectively friendly with them, depending on the issue. Well, aren't they our friends with the Space Center? Yeah, they are. Yeah, matter of fact, we've had to depend upon them to get up to the Space Center for years after the shuttle program went down. Right, because Obama shut it down. So, you know, we we need to work with them in this and that. And, uh, you know, we need them to help us with ISIS. And the other thing, Bud, is yeah. what's up with 84 Lumber's ad on the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is supposed to be for America, and I was pretty upset with 84 Lumber's ad. Well, they actually took out, took out um, what was going to be the, 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 this couple coming up, I guess, through Mexico or something, and, and then they were going to have the wall there. Stop it. They, they, they were... That Fox wouldn't let him run that part, so Fox softened up the ad. And, you know, people need to give Trump a chance. Thank you very much. You're absolutely right, sir, on that score. I wonder how Matt sees it. Good morning from Claremont. Yeah, uh, but I think that uh, uh, we may have more in common with Putin than we do with some of the radical leftists on our own side. (laughs) You may be right. uh, Putin is not comparable to Stalin, and there are signs that he's moving away from communism and i'd like to give that a chance with trump yeah absolutely right thank you very much give this man a chance you elected a different kind of president who does things differently he's a businessman he's a master negotiator history would tell us he wants to keep the door open to working with putin where it is in our national interest and possibly putin's as well going after isis would be an example of that. Remember the precedent FDR calling Stalin. Uncle Joe. Nobody had a problem with that. The mutual interest was destroying Hitler's Third Reich and ending Nazi Germany. And they did it. 407-916-5400, if you want to talk about the court fight with Trump and the immigration order, I think it's going to be resolved in Trump's favor, but I don't know when. Um, we can get into that. We can get into the Putin thing. 407-916-5400, everybody's waking up from the long night watching that incredible Super Bowl. 23680, if you want to weigh in on our text line. There's simply no question under the Constitution, and frankly under federal law, that the President of the United States has the authority, in the interest of national security, to determine who has the right to come into this country. Uh, and and we're going to challenge the judge's order on that basis. That's Vice President Mike Pence, and I echo him, as I explained in detail earlier. So let's go to uh, the phones on all of this uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And here is Lee in Orlando on with a Bud Man. Good morning to you, Lee. Good morning, Bud. Uh, for all for you and all your audience, that's time I give Trump a chance. My God. You know, every time I want to give this guy a chance, he opens up his mouth and some caca falls out of it. I mean, what does Vladimir Putin have on this guy that he would throw America under the bus in order to protect, unequivocally protect Putin? You don't want to be open to working with Putin? Stalin and Roosevelt worked together to get rid of Hitler? I mean, come on, give me a break. And he was infinitely worse than Putin. That is the point. 
You got to be no, open to it. If there's a way to do it, you need to be open to it. And he's a, just Putin, open to it. Putin is a murderer who kills journalists and his political opponents. Why is this guy upholding him and protecting him? I don't know that he's doing either. He's saying, I don't know if I'm going to get along with him, but I'm going to be open to it. We're 17 days into the presidency, for God's sake. 17 days. Andrew, good morning from Orlando. What's your take on all of this? Good morning, bud. Um, I just want to say, I guess Russian lives matter now. Um, everybody just, the hypocrisy in this country is just so high. It's like now, now let's give Russia a chance. If Barack, or if, if just say when Barack didn't go after North Korea, everybody went after him saying, oh, why would you want to work with them? They are an access of evil country. Okay, the, the hypocrisy is just so high in this country, bud, it's just making me sick. Is there anything Donald Trump can do that will meet with your approval, Andrew? Or are you so invested in destroying him that you have no, no open mind? No, I'm a, I'm a Trump guy. I, I Honestly, really? I like some of the things what he said, to be honest. It's You're not just, a Trump guy. We talked all through the campaign. You were never no, no, a Trump no. guy. I'm not against him. I'm totally not against him. It's just okay. this part right now, throwing America under the bus. Oh, you think we're innocent? Imagine if Barack would have said something like that. The hypocrisy, but you have to see it. It's at an all-time high. And it just goes that way no matter what side is in. If a Republican in, expect it from that side. If a Democrat is in, expect it from that side. All right, Andrew, thank you. On the text line, Yaffe, what do you see and what do you think? Um, on the text line, but um, uh, we have a lot of textures who made the same point as Andrew just made. Another person, though, says, if you don't respect your enemies, you lose before the start. Um, one person said Russia invaded Crimea, and Trump says he might recognize Crimea as part of Russia. They are ca- cap- capable of shooting down a passenger plane. Putin has blood on his hands. So we should have nothing to do with him, even though there may be some areas where there is a mutual interest, like getting rid of ISIS. All Trump is saying is, I'm open to it. Yeah, but he also compared us to Russia and said we were basically just as bad as Russia. That's a pretty bad comparison. That part of it I do have a problem with from the interview with uh, with O'Reilly. But not only that, I think Andrew makes a good point. If Obama said something like that, which he kind of did say stuff like that with North Korea and Iran, and you went on an apology tour, we would have blasted him for everything. But now because it's Trump, we, we're okay with it. Because we want to work with Russia. The guy who invaded Crimea and Georgia. And kills journalists and dissidents. And we I, want to trust I, I, I give you the precedent of Stalin, who murdered millions, and FDR knew his history. Well, yeah. But needed him for the fight against We Hitler. don't need him for the fight against ISIS, first of all. And this is not World War II, second of all. And third of all, then you have to, then you can't criticize Obama all those years for wanting to side with Iran to fight ISIS, to wanting to side with our enemies against ISIS. This is hypocrisy, bud. More coming on this. More coming on this. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, right now is sitting alongside me. Came on down the long hallway from the newsroom to get us all up to date. Deb? Lawyers for Washington State and Minnesota argue that restoring President Donald Trump's ban on refugees and travelers from seven predominantly Muslim countries would, quote, unleash chaos again, end quote. Lawyers for the two states have filed with the Federal Appeals Court in San Francisco, saying their underlying lawsuit is strong and a nationwide temporary restraining order is appropriate. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
A NASA astronaut, Bud, claims to have thrown the longest Hail Mary pass in history. I thought uh, I thought Aaron Rodgers was famous for that. You're you're a great Packer quarterback. I'm throwing you a bone here. Yeah, Deb. yeah, I know. Thank you very much for that. By <laughs> the way, too. Some, somebody can throw a hail mary better than Aaron well, Rodgers. I want to know who it is. It happens. To, you know, the International Space Station had a little bit of help in that. But yes, astronaut Tim Copra passed a football for more than five hundred thousand yards <laughs> aboard the international space station and a new video released this weekend however once again the lack of gravity seemed to help the station is moving more than seventeen thousand miles per hour so he gets an asterisk in the rest record book right alongside aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> did they deflate the ball yeah. Hey, 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 hey. That'll be enough of that. Just bump through the glass. <laughs> yeah, if you don't show anything else to do in there, but go on, ahead. What a... On the ISS, you know, with the station traveling 17,000 miles per hour, I love Mike Yaffe. That meant the pigskin traveled at nearly 9,000 yards per second. Super Bowl 51 took place in Houston this year, and that also happens to be the home of the Johnson Space Center, if you're yeah. wondering why they're throwing footballs in space. Yeah, in Houston, right. Yeah. What was your favorite commercial last night? You know, the one that got my attention the most nobody's talking about, the Snickers commercial, where they actually gave the score in an otherwise pre-recorded commercial. They they, they, they walks out and he says something like, it caught me by surprise. And uh, he says, so what's the score? And he says, they had 21-3 in the third quarter. And that was what the score was. Just oh, for moments wow. before. That was kind of cool. Nobody's talking about it. You asked? That's it. All right. Mike, What did you have a favorite commercial? Um, The Bye 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 commercial. But, oh, yeah. With Christopher Walken. With Christopher Walken. Reading the lyrics from that song. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I like the uh, Skittles. The boyfriend outside the bedroom window throwing the Skittles through the window, and you see the girlfriend catching the Skittles. And oh, then yeah. she slides over, and it's her dad, and then he slides over, and it's her mom, and then it's the crook and the grandma and the cop. That was a good one, too. Yeah, well, Melissa McCarthy's Kia ad during the Super Bowl is taking the top spot in USA Today's annual ad meter competition. I didn't think it was that special, but it's how, a t- how, how about the creepy yearbook commercial where you had people's oh, pictures, Tina Fey, and everybody 80s. come to life from their yearbooks? That was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, I'm no. interrupting the narrative here. That's all right. It's just it's the 29th year the paper has taken votes on uh, favorite commercial spots, and the car company's Hero's Journey ad was the highest rated. It features the actress, if you didn't catch it, running around the globe, trying and comically failing to prevent environmental disasters. It's a green theme the company hopes will help sell its new crossover, the Kia Nero. So there you have it. All right. Good stuff. I thought it was funny, but not the top spot. Well, what about for you? the whole Super Bowl. I like the Skittles commercial. The Skittles was it for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. you like mm-hmm. Skittles, Snickers, I'm hungry. Let me ask you a question. What did you think of Bush 41 and the moment when he did the coin toss just out of the hospital at age 92? Wasn't that sweet? I think it's heartwarming. It was wonderful. I, I think it is, and I think it was, you know, really nice for the country to see that he's out of the hospital. You know, he's 92, but he still made it to the Super Bowl. No, he's just he's just amazing. And, um, you know, I don't think he was a great president, but he has always been a great patriot and a great American and a quality person. And it was great to see him so loved and so honored. And everybody was applauding, the coaches on both sides, the players, the fans. That was the one thing everybody agreed on in that stadium was, 
We're going to honor this man and his bride of 72 years, Barbara, who was there as well. And they seemed really excited and appreciative to be there and be surrounded by all the love. I thought it was a very cool, very Americana moment. I did too, and it's the reason, because I was so moved by it, that I've made it the focus of our sound judgment sound clip coming up here in a moment as we play for some very, very nice prizes. Beatles fans, great prizes for you on the sound judgment game. You can get this one, 407-916-5400, but not unless you're on the phone. Join me on the 50,000-watt front porch for the daily sound judgment game right now, focused on George H.W. Bush, a.k.a. Bush 41, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. Sound judgment just ahead, followed by the Rush morning update and a final full hour here together on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're with you on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. You download that iHeartRadio app, you're going to love it. Sound judgment for prizes coming up. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I got the sound judgment question ready. And, um,. Boy, the phones are on fire. If somebody gets a wrong answer, a line opens up at 407-916-5400. Be ready to go. And here's what we're playing for. Anthony? Yes, bud. If your Valentine is a Beatles fan, they will love this. A copy of the Beatles Love soundtrack and the Beatles Love promo pack. Celebrate this Valentine's Day with the Beatles Love by Cirque du Soleil at the Mirage Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. With 360-degree seating, the Beatles Love tells a unique story from every angle while a three-time Grammy-winning soundtrack sets the backdrop for a thrilling aerial acrobatics, colorful new imagery, and reimagined choreography. Yeah, it's real special, something brand new from the Beatles, from us to you if you're our Sound Judgment Game winner. Are you ready? What a moment indeed it was at Sunday's Super Bowl when former President George H.W. Bush did the coin toss at the start of the game. Remarkable that he could do it at age 92, just a short time after he and his wife Barbara got out of the hospital. She was there as well. While you listen to some sound from that special moment, be thinking way back to when the when George H.W. Bush first made national news. It was during World War II when he became the youngest pilot in the U.S. Navy. Then use your sound judgment to tell me how old George H.W. Bush was when he become when he became rather a Navy pilot. Please turn your attention to the North Tunnel. And help us welcome two very special guests. President Bush, would you please toss a coin? It is tails. Atlanta has won a choice and elects to defer the choice to the second half. That was the one time everybody in that stadium was on the same side of showing love for Bush. 41. But back to his long career serving this country. The question is, how old was he when he became the youngest pilot in the U.S. Navy in World War II? How old was he then? He's 92 now. Let's start with line four, just because we can. Go ahead, line four. Hello. Um, I'd say 19. Yaffe, I'd say we have a winner. Yep, absolutely wow. right. 
Yes, absolutely right. You nailed that one. Congratulations. And um, you've won this great Beatles prize pack. You're just going to love this, and I hope you're happy about it. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Don't, don't go away. Did you watch the game uh, last night? Did you see the coin toss? Yes, I did. It was quite a moment, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it sure was. It was just great. And we're glad to honor him here on the Sound Judgment Game. And now we're going to honor you with our prize pack. And along with it, I'd like to send you a note of personal congratulations. If you'd be kind enough to give the Budman your first name now. Otto from Orlando. What is it? Otto? Yes. Okay, Otto. Good stuff. Uh, It's all on the way. Don't go away. Work with Anthony off the air. Give him your information in private, and we will get you all of that wonderful uh, Beetle um, prize pack. It's all coming your way, and congratulations on winning our sound judgment game. The Rush Morning Update coming up, and then what's on your mind? It's Open Mind Monday. Call me. Tell me. Lots of Trump stuff, as always. Talking about maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever played. Certainly, certainly Tom Brady ends the debate, in my opinion, about being the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Does anybody still think there's anyone else who would deserve that title? I can't imagine you could make the case, but I'll keep an open mind if you'd like to. So we're ready to go with a Rush Morning Update, the news with Deb, and an Open Mind Monday here on the 50,000-watt front porch. You know, Yaffe and Anthony and I were talking about how this amazing Super Bowl last night where the Patriots pulled it out after being down 25 points in the third quarter. First Super Bowl ever to go into overtime. What a stunner. What a comeback. And there's been a lot of that going on in sports and in politics Mm. very recently, too. Seems like in the past couple years, that is exactly what happened. All you have to do is look at the NBA. The Cleveland Cavaliers were down 1-3, and they came, or 3-0-3, came back from a 3-0 loss. And then um, uh, baseball, so the, the Indians, yeah, the, the Cubs, Cubs were came down. back. Cubs were zero down, and they, and they came back and won the World Series for the first time in forever. And then, of course, politics, right, Anthony? Yes, Donald Trump Jr. had the best tweet of all last night. He retweeted um, Wall Street Journal, who said the Falcons now have a 91% chance to win the Super Bowl. And he said, I think we've seen these numbers somewhere, but I can't really tell. Something was, like <laughs> Hillary has a 91% chance of winning the presidency? It was retweeted um, something like 800,000 times. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, Tom Brady's friend you know, had a similar comeback. Y'all know who we're ta- who I'm talking about? Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was so great, but Brady and his mom's been so sick; she hadn't been to any games. And he said, you know, with tears in his eyes as he gathered around the family by the podium, you know, this one's for you, mom. I mean, he is the real deal. And boy, he plays quarterback like nobody else ever has. And I think that debate about who's the greatest quarterback ever—do you agree with me, guys—is now over. Yeah, and it's such an amazing story too when you think about it. Because he was like way down in the draft. Oh, no yeah. one expected him to be anything. And Sixth round. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any discussion. Even before last night, I think the discussion was over. But I was just looking on some of, like, some Facebook pages, Huffington Post, and I was seeing just the leftist hate for Tom Brady. And he's the quintessential American dream. And yeah. it, it was it was incredible. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He really is. I mean, he can't, come on. Who can't see that, whether you're a fan of his or not? Great family man. I mean, you know, great teammate. An unbelievable pressure player. Wow. 
More legal action coming on the uh, travel restrictions out of the Middle East. And President Trump visiting Tampa today. Deborah Roberts, my host and um, partner here on Good Morning Orlando. Of course, with the top of the hour news update for the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com or on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 nationwide and iHeartRadio. Good Monday morning, Orlando, at 8 o'clock now. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Indeed it was. And on that note, we greet you at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Good morning, Orlando. Let's start with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning more legal action is coming on the travel ban, and President Trump visits Tampa today. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Have you got some thoughts on that Super Bowl? On all that's going on in the Trump presidency or anything else, let me know what's on your mind next on Open Mind Monday here on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Washington State and Minnesota are calling on a federal appeals court to keep a suspension of the president's controversial travel ban in place. Attorneys for the states have filed written arguments asking the court not to lift a stay on the ban while it decides whether the executive order is constitutional. Early yesterday, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a Seattle judge's decision blocking implementation of the order. The Justice Department has until 6 p.m. Eastern time today to file its response. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The fight against fake news is going international. French journalists are teaming up with American Internet giants Google and Facebook to fight propaganda and misinformation online, mirroring similar efforts here in the United States and Germany. French daily Le Monde says the collaboration is an experiment. Google and Facebook have both been under increasing scrutiny over the spread of so-called fake news. After spending the weekend at the Winter White House, his Mar-a-Lago mansion in Palm Beach, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says President Trump is making his first visit today to a pair of major military commands in his role as commander-in-chief in Tampa. On Monday, the president will visit Central Command and Special Operations Command headquarters at McDill Air Force Base. While at McDill, the president will receive command briefings from both CENTCOM and SOCOM. He'll then head back to Washington. The president and first lady attended a Red Cross fundraiser Saturday night. He'll also receive a briefing and have lunch with the troops. Hey, is um, Melania going back with him? She was at Mar-a-Lago, or is she going back to Trump Tower? Uh, We don't know. know. I haven't seen anything on that. Have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, we were talking last week about how there are reports she may never actually set up shop and live in the White House, but we will commute back and forth from Trump Tower and Mar-a-Lago. We'll have to see. In the meantime, an Associated Press investigation has found many problems with the critical national security program known as Web Ops, which the Pentagon says is effectively countering an enemy that has used the Internet as a tool of propaganda. Several current and former Web Ops employees at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa say there have been cases where civilian Arabic specialists couldn't speak Arabic fluently and had little understanding of Islam. And they say some data was manipulated to create the appearance of a successful program. An ex-convict who investigators say confessed to setting fire to a South Florida mosque tied to the Orlando nightclub shooter may plead no contest to those charges. 
Public defender Stanley Glenn says Joseph Schreiber may plead no contest at a hearing today. He's charged with second-degree arson for allegedly torching the Islamic Center of Fort Pierce last September 11th, the 15th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. The 32-year-old Schreiber could get 30 years in prison. The Orlando nightclub shooter sometimes attended that Islamic Center. And finally, Super Bowl 51 is history-making. The New England Patriots are champions for a fifth time after recovering from a 25-point deficit in the biggest Super Bowl comeback victory ever. They beat the Atlanta Falcons 34-28 in overtime at NRG Stadium in Houston. It was the first time the big game has ever gone into overtime. Which is amazing considering it's been played for 51 years. Absolutely. Tom Brady threw for a Super Bowl record 466 yards and two touchdowns. It was Brady and head coach Bill Belichick's fifth Super Bowl victory together. No surprise here. Brady named Super Bowl 51's MVP. But sadly, Brady also told reporters after the game that his jersey was stolen from the team locker room. Don't look at me. This is my Brady jersey that I've been wearing all morning. I wasn't even going to. Well, I was thinking about mentioning (laughs) it again, but I had decided against it. So thank you, Budman, for doing it for me. That's okay. I just love all of this Super Bowl Brady talk here. And just, I'm not even going to interrupt you. You're on a roll here. <laughs> How sweet it is. What a game. Yes, it is. And for all of those fans who left the stadium early, there is no bigger regret than finding out you missed watching your team making the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. And the millions across America who packed it in when they were down 25 yes. midway through the third quarter and woke up. Saying, what, what in the world? <laughs> what? They want it? Woo! WFLA News Time. It's 8.08. Read about Bill Gates being so rich, he may become the world's first trillionaire. Online now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Turning the show over to you, as we always do on Monday. It's Open Mind Monday. If you want to talk about that Super Bowl, put it in perspective. I mean, is it the greatest Super Bowl ever? Is Brady now undeniably the greatest quarterback ever? What about all the Trump news on the immigration order, the court fight, etc.? Trump's controversial comments on being wide open to dealing with Vladimir Putin. 407-916-5400. We've talked about it. You may want to talk about it here or you may have something else on your mind. The number is 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680. We'll dive right into that and have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated as well in just two minutes. So I hope you'll stay with us here on Good Morning Orlando. Let's go to Open Mind Monday. We're not doing a full hour on this because I'm bringing our sports director, Tom Morgan, in with his perspectives on that incredible Super Bowl comeback by the Patriots last night. He'll be here at 840, so let's dive in very quickly to your take on any topic, Super Bowl, Trump, whatever it happens to be. And how about we begin, uh, you know, when the host is a Patriots fan, he gets to push the buttons and bring the callers on with a call on the New England Patriots. Tony from Claremont, good morning. Hey, bud, good morning. I officially want to start the debate and the movement to create the to make the Patriots America's team instead of Dallas. It works for me. Dallas Cowboys can't get out of the first round of the playoffs, for crying out loud. Patriots ought to be America's team. I love it. We're all Patriots. And I love that, too. Thank you, Tony. Even another reason why. 
On another front, on Open Mind Monday, by the way, the number is 407-916-5400. Yaffe, you'll check our text line incoming in a moment at 23680 if you've got something to say there. But first up from Sarasota, you're on. Steve, you're on with the Budman, and welcome in from the Bay Area. Good morning, bud. God bless you. And you as well. I, I'm calling about the uh, Putin and Trump relationship. Everybody's looking at it tactically, that it has to do with getting close to Russia. But it's only part of a strategic aim, which is to leverage China. All through the campaign, Trump has identified China as our biggest economic threat. And we found out that with Nixon and Kissinger during the 70s, that with their detente with the Soviets, that if you can get close to the Soviets, you triangulate China. And I think that's what Trump is trying to do. Yeah. If he can, if he, when the Soviets and the Americans get close, the Chinese get paranoid, and that's when good things happen for America vis-a-vis China. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective, Steve, and I thank you for it. On the Open Mind Monday text line, Yaffe, what do you see? Uh, yes, one person says, I am sick of the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, but I have to admit Tom Brady is the best NFL player in the country. So you're, there you go. Another person said, I well, felt Well, he may like, be the best player in history, certainly the best quarterback in history. That debate has to win now, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. Um, another person says, I felt like election night again was every commentator gave up on the Patriots by the fourth quarter. So similar to election night. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I've got another caller on the line who says he wouldn't have his new job if it weren't for Donald Trump, the new president, who's taken such flack on so many fronts here from those who were so committed to destroy him before he even gets started. Um, another caller on O'Reilly's uh, Trump interview, um, something about the Patriots here. What's on your mind this morning? And maybe it's something we're not even talking about here on the 50,000-watt front porch. We've been a little bit limited on topics to a few things with Trump, Putin, the immigration order, court fight, and, of course, the incredible Super Bowl for the ages. So maybe you can expand our thinking on what we ought to be looking at. Uh, 407-916-5400. It's Open Mind Monday. Don't miss your opportunity here to take over the show at our text line 23680. Let's go to back to Open Mind Monday right now. It's a compressed edition because we're going to talk Super Bowl with Tom Morgan in our next half hour. But let me bring on Eric. And um, it's great to have you in from Edgewater with an interesting perspective on President Donald Trump on Open Mind Monday. Go ahead. Hi, bud. Great show as usual. Thank you. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be one of 55 new employees hired nationwide to take on a new endeavor with a major company, a Fortune 500 company. Best job I ever had. And we met the district manager. He told us flat out, if Hillary Clinton would have won this election, they wouldn't even be undertaking this whole endeavor. They wouldn't be making the risk. Wow. So I owe my job flat out to Donald Trump. And on a side note, these people that are protesting in Miralago, obviously, due to the time, they have no jobs. So they should have been they should have been protesting President Utopia the last eight years. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I've got an interesting call right now on Open Mind Monday off the Super Bowl last night. Marge, you were watching from Port St. Lucie. What's on your mind, Marge? Hi, Bud. Listen, Hi. I'm a snowbird, and I've been listening to you guys every time I come into Florida, every morning. I want to tell you, I'm not that much of a football fan, but I 
he won my heart, Tom Brady, last night when he walked down off that stage holding his daughter in his arms and his son by the hand. And I thought to myself, not only is he a great quarterback and a great football player, but he's certainly a wonderful dad. And then he is hugging his mom, who couldn't make oh, any games all course. year. She's apparently been dealing with some kind of a cancer for which she's received treatment. And he had said, you know, this one's for you, Mom, and they embraced oh, as well. I know, I know, but and he is he was wonderful. And I'll also tell you this, I've been a Trumper for a long, long time. Going to be 84 years old next week, and I think he's wonderful, and he has been for ages. And that one caller you got about his, about his reference to China and Russia, yeah. he was 100% right because Donald has been talking about China for years. He has, Marge, and thank you so much for a great call. On your text line, Yaffe, what are you seeing, buddy? Yeah, by the way, she said um, she listens to us only when she's in Florida. Well, if you download the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to us nationwide. So when you go back up north... You should probably download that and listen to us even up north. Outstanding idea, my friend. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, I'm, ju- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No no excuses. <laughs> no excuses in this age. All right. Uh, got a lot of people texting on a lot of different things. One person says Trump should immediately begin impeachment proceedings against this federal judge. So there you go. Another mm. person says, I believe that we should work with Russia, especially if it ends ISIS and radical Islamic terrorism. Why people still think Russia is the old Soviet Union? Question mark. And then um, another person said this is the second time that two bird teams have given the Patriots a championship because they upped it to pass rather than run. First the Seattle Seahawks and now the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go to Robert in Kissimmee on Open Mind Monday. You're on with a Budman. Good morning to you, Robert. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Bud. I just wanted to mention the last question that uh, Bill O'Reilly asked the president yesterday on uh, who's going to win the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. And he, what did he say? He said uh, the Patriots, and I, I thought he said by six, but apparently he said eight. He That's said eight. Close. Yeah, I had him by ten. They won by six, but nobody could have imagined how they won, could they, Robert? Not in that first half. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that was something. Okay. On Open Mind Monday, another topic out of Tavares. Dave, go ahead, please. Yeah, but uh, I like your comparison before about uh, how the people ought to be aware of what uh, Stalin and Russia did in the past. But here's the thing. I just saw on CNN, you know, they're bringing up uh, Donald Trump's tax returns again. They're going to have a nonstop media assault on this guy. And I think you ought to, you know, motivate the the listeners here to write to their congressmen or just send a postcard to their senators to get over it and start, you know, the nomination process, get his cabinet appointees approved. Stop this garbage about all these assaults and investigations, and uh, we have to get an immigration policy put in place, ASAP. Thank you, sir. Dave, very much. Did it better than I could have done it, motivating our listeners. Right to you, Congressman. Enough of this Trump derangement syndrome. It's 17 days in. He's the president of all of the people. Let's give him a chance for crying out loud. What heading are Endeavor Roberts and company here, and good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio, and... Speaking of Deb, here she is with the latest news. Deb? Thank you, bud. The Trump administration says it's confident the president's ban on refugees and travelers from seven predominantly Muslim countries will be reinstated after arguments before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Justice Department is to submit its arguments today. Lawyers for Washington State and Minnesota have already done so, claiming a reinstatement of the ban would, quote, unleash chaos again, end quote. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's home 
hometown bank. The new Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives has been getting lots of coverage for picking fights with the governor, but Rick Scott's not the only target. Speaker Richard Corcoran is also taking aim at the judiciary, but Florida Supreme Court Justice Jorge Labarga says they expect a certain amount of scrutiny. And if members of the House feel compelled to look at how we're doing things, uh, that's their prerogative. And we're prepared to answer any questions they have about how we use the taxpayers' money. Bills have been filed in the House to impose term limits on judges and give lawmakers the power to override Supreme Court rulings if they don't agree with them. The Chief Justice, however, says it would be inappropriate for him to comment on those bills. A surreal scene and a big boom are what one witness remembers from a massive and deadly crash. It happened around 1130 yesterday morning in Flagler County on US-1 near Old Dixie Highway. Deputies say a Ford F-250 collided with a Mazda SUV and killed all five people in the SUV. A witness says it was crazy to see the mangled SUV and fully grasp there were five people inside who lost their lives. In other local news, if you're visiting or working at Florida Hospital, there are some recent incidents you should be aware of. Police say about 50 cars were broken into this weekend in a parking lot at Rollins Street and Dade Ave. There's no word on how the suspects broke into the cars or what kind of damage was done. And today may very well be your day. Just so happens it's National Frozen Yogurt Day. If you're not a big Froyo fan, you may also be interested in knowing that it's National Lame Duck Day. February 6th is set aside to mark the ratification of the 20th Amendment of the United States Constitution, the so-called Lame Duck Amendment. It effectively changed the date that a new president would take office, moving it up from March 4th to January 20th. And finally in sports, New England scored the final 31 points of the game for the largest comeback in Super Bowl history last night. Tom Brady led the Patriots to a 34-28 victory over the Falcons, who blew a 28-3 lead. WFLA News Time 836. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Deb, thank you so much. I've been talking about the Patriots win. I mean, I've been a fan for years and years, and it actually goes back before Brady and Belichick. I honestly believe, and I said it earlier, that there is no one alive, even the youngest football fan, who will ever live long enough to see any Super Bowl that will exceed what happened last night with all of the angles from Deflategate to going for the fifth Super Bowl is Tom Brady, Bill Belichick as well, the great coach. Um, and, and, and to the way this game unfolded with all these swings and by far the greatest Super Bowl comeback ever with the first overtime Super Bowl, and the list goes on and on and on. But I want to get some perspectives from a guy I admire and like so much, and who is our sports director, Tom Morgan. He's our Tom, all right? He's not Brady, but he's not bad. Tom Morgan in a moment with his perspectives on the Super Bowl for the ages. Stay with us on that. It's always fun when Tom drops by on the 50,000-watt front porch to talk sports. And we'll do it. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Toss the white. Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! 
Joe Buck with a final play of the first overtime Super Bowl. Tom, truly, you and I have watched a lot of them. One for the ages, unlike anything we've ever seen. Well, Bud, unlike you, I went to bed when it was 28 to 9. You must have been shocked when, when you woke up. When, when, the, <laughs> when the extra point bonged off the upright, I said, this is the way this is going to go. Yeah, this, when Guskowski missed it. it. Right, and it was only, right, remember that, yeah. Uh, the the um, Atlanta was getting ready to punt, end of the third quarter, and then they, you know, went to the fourth quarter. I said, you know, I, I was tired anyway Yeah. yesterday. Well, so I went I'm, to bed. Well, I'm a Patriots fan, and I, my boys needed me, yeah. so I had to hang in there. But I got to tell you, I was feeling a little bit down when they were down by 20 five points midway through the third quarter what a remarkable story I don't know is this just an incredibly gutsy comeback or is this the biggest choke job in the history of professional football on the part of those Falcons I'm going back and forth trying to figure out what happened here. well you knew the Falcons were going to have to help the Patriots I said as I was getting ready to go to bed to myself Atlanta's got to turn the ball over they've got to turn the ball over somewhere along the line in the fourth quarter for them to have a chance so when I woke up this morning and I saw the score, I, I, and I saw that there was that key fumble in the fourth quarter. Right. Dante Hightower knocked the ball loose right. from, uh, from Ryan. It's a huge deal. And, but you can't give the Patriots a chance. They're just dynamic when they need to make plays. And they, and they a, said at halftime there was no shouting, no screaming, yeah. no impassioned speeches, no finger pointing. It was the way it always is. Okay, here's where we are in the game. This is what we now need to do. And it was so interesting. At one point they were down 16, so it's a two-score game. But you got to get two-point conversions off two touchdowns, and that's very hard to do, and they <laughs> did it. That is back-to-back two-point conversions to tie the game. Uh, and you can never discount Tom Brady. I no, mean, you really can't. Yeah, we we knew that, right? And we knew Brady was very capable. But I think how many people would have expected this kind of comeback? It was unbelievable because they weren't doing anything right. Brady didn't look sharp. The Falcons, to me, Tom, tell me if you agree with this, in the first half, flat out looked significantly faster than the Patriots on both sides of the ball. And I said to myself, I don't think that's going to change. And I don't know how they overcome this. It was a mess for the Patriots. They're younger and they're faster, but I don't think they were deep enough in the in the second half. They kind of wore down a little bit. That so. helped the Patriots too. But Atlanta missing that opportunity in the fourth quarter to kick a field goal, I think, was the really impactful. Three fifty six left in the game. Yeah. They had the ball on the New England twenty two, first and ten. Ryan got sacked. And the score is twenty eight all, right? No, no, it's not twenty eight twenty. That's right. Atlanta. That's right. That's right. That's right. Ryan gets sacked for a loss. Then they get a 10-yard holding penalty. Right. Took them out of field goal range, and they had to punt the ball. And then New England came down, scored the tying touchdown and two-point conversion. That was a critical That moment. was critical, and they didn't get – Atlanta had a chance to get at least a field goal to end the first half to go up 31-3. to And there was a sack, and there was also a penalty on that drive. Two questions for you, Tom. Would you rate, based on your experience – this as the greatest Super Bowl ever, and would you now put to rest the debate over whether Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever? Yeah, no. I, I can't remember a Super Bowl that had this kind of impact. I mean, there have been close games, but nothing like this. I mean, the 10-point the deficit was the, the most has ever been overcome. 10 points? This is 25 points. Yeah. 
Atlanta just looked like they had their way. So you give me the fact that it's and, also the first overtime Super Bowl. This is the greatest Super Bowl ever. And and Tom Brady. He's the best. He's absolutely the best. I'm Don't want to hear about Montana. Don't want to hear about um, Joe Montana was great, but Peyton or anybody. Tom Brady's just been real, brilliant, brilliant. I couldn't in, agree in more. This kind of, um, I couldn't agree more. Stage. Can't yeah. wait for the parade. What a what a time that's going to be in Boston. Can you imagine being a Falcons fan today? No, I can't. That I don't know what that would be like. Super Bowl championship must be awful, which is huge. And they then, had the owner and his wife on the sidelines, ready to celebrate, oh. and then all of a sudden it disappeared on him. Yeah, most people I think thought that Atlanta had this, you know, in the third quarter. Remarkable. Truly one for the ages. Yeah. And you're asking me if I'm tired because I stayed up and I got two and a half hours sleep watching the post game and everything. I'm not yet still running on Patriots adrenaline. I'm running sometimes. I am running on hundred octane. But you'll feel good when you crash. I well I I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not gonna crash yet. We got ten minutes to go. Tom, thank you. Congratulations, number twelve. Woo! I'm wearing my Brady jersey here and I am loving I'm living large and loving it all. In a moment, um, we played some of this earlier. I had a pleasant surprise from Lady Gaga with that halftime show. How about you? And wasn't that sweet revenge for all Patriot fans when what happened to Commissioner Roger Goodell when he had to hand that trophy to the owner of the New England Patriots? Did you hear that? If you didn't stay up late enough, I'm going to help you out. And then we are going to hear from my hero of heroes and undeniably now the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, it's all ahead. But you know what? There were moments of note away from the playing field last night, and I thought the first great moment was when um, President Bush, 41, at age 92, in his wheelchair with Barbara beside him, did the coin toss at the beginning, and I'm telling you, there wasn't a dry eye, and everybody was applauding the former president. What a moment that was. I wondered how it was going to be when Lady Gaga did her halftime show. There were rumors she was going to trash Trump and make political statements. If she made any in her music, it was too subtle for me. I was deeply moved when she began her halftime show in stunning fashion, standing atop the dome, closed for the game but open for her. A sea of drones, we found out later, were hovering in the background, creating a field of stars and then the American flag behind Lady Gaga as she sang. God bless America, land that I love. And she morphed into this land is your land, followed by familiar words from the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then, and I'm telling you, my stomach turned over. You got to give her up. You got to give her guts here. I mean, credit for guts. With cables strapped to her waist, she took the plunge. She literally leaped through the opening in the dome's roof and soft landed on her stage below and sang a bunch of music that I don't particularly care about, but her fans went nuts. Another off-the-field moment was at the end. Sweet revenge for Brady off to Flategate and the four-game suspension. Commissioner Robert Goodell booed so much you couldn't even hear what he was saying as he handed that Super Bowl trophy to Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Listen to this. (laughs) 
he couldn't hear a word. And then Patriots quarterback Tom Brady clutching that hard-won Super Bowl Lombardi trophy. Thank you to all our fans, everyone back in Boston, New England, we love you. You've been with us all year. We're bringing this sucker home. (laughs) Unbelievable. I'm telling you right now, Yaffe, my heart was heavy when they were down 25 points and it looked like there was not nearly enough time left midway through the third quarter for even Brady to pull it out. Somehow they pulled even, wanted an OT, well chronicled here on the show this morning. Though I've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like Super Bowl 51. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going into, I think it was the fourth quarter, the end of the third quarter, they were stopped and had to settle for a field goal which was uh, pretty bad. And then once they finally got a touchdown, then they missed the extra point. Oh. And I, I thought it was over. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm telling you, I was going absolutely crazy. And my wife took note of that fact at the very moment of the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And you've posted that as part of your daily uh, recap of Good Morning Orlando. Here, yeah, right? the picture's right there on 1025WFLA.com. And what else have we got? We've had a lot of Trump stuff we've been talking about here yeah, this morning. Yeah, posted all the stuff on the Super Bowl as well that, that we've talked about as well and the Trump stuff. So lots of great stuff if you want to recap anything that we've talked about this morning. And the podcast is always up there so you can listen uh, to all three hours, you know, if you missed yes, any sir. part of it along the way. And, of course, you have to understand that you can find us um, in, in, in multiple places uh, in your life and in your day. We're here on News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540, all across the peninsula. Uh, but we're also available to you nationwide and really anywhere on earth with, with iHeartRadio. All you have to do is download that fantastic iHeartRadio app, right, Yaffe? Yeah, and by the way, if you want to catch the podcast, you can find that on iHeartRadio as well. Just search Bud Hedinger on, I, on your iHeartRadio app, and it's there. There we go. It's been great fun talking Super Bowl with you, talking Trump with you. We're already heavily into planning for tomorrow's um, edition of Good Morning Orlando. We're here from 6 until 9. The Bud Man, the Deb Meister, Yaffe, and company here. And um, we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I think I'm going to get a little sleep when I get home and the adrenaline wears off. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.